0: The women of ill repute with your hosts Wendy Mesley and Maureen Holloway. Once upon a time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time there were two lady broadcasters. Really? This is this is what you're doing. Alright, once upon a time there were two female cisgender media personalities of some renown, both of whom were banished from their kingdoms. Is that is that
1: right? Well, I don't know. Queendoms, maybe?
0: Yeah. Well, no, actually, I would say in my case, very much kingdoms, which is part of the problem. But I digress.
1: Well, I don't think we want to go there, but actually CBC is very much, very much a queendom now. But anyway, we we don't. Let's go back to Once Upon a Time. Not too long ago, I approached you to do what I think every broadcaster is doing now
0: and said, let's start a podcast. You had the idea, and you had the name and everything, and you said, come on, it's going to be easy. We're going to find all these amazing women and people who are kind of different and outliers, who are funny and cool and brave, and you said, you know, we could get Cher and Jane Fonda, and they're all going to want to talk to us. We're going to make tons of money, and it's going to be so much fun. Well, the fun part was right. You know what? I, I did say that. In your defense, I said, sure, I sure, I agree. How hard could it be?
1: Well, I was even thinking that we would find a way of figuring out some way of categorizing Dolly Parton as a woman. Right.
0: And Katie Lang, she's still on your list.
1: (laughs) How hard could it be? So anyway, it ended up being a little bit more challenging than we expected. And much as we have come to love each other as friends, we never really worked with anybody else this closely with another sort of bossy person.
0: Well, certainly not with each other. And, you know, as as we say, you're a serious, respected journalist and I'm a silly, but still respected radio host. You're like Thelma to my Louise, Wendy. Well, except I never got Brad Pitt. (laughs) So not, not really. Okay. You're Wilma to my Betty. Oh, I love,
1: I love Wilma. Maybe, maybe more like Cagney and Lacey though. How about Cagney and Lacey? Yes.
0: Or Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift, but you know, way older and not musical.
1: Anyway, so we had a couple bumps. We even had an argument, not on the air, but we wouldn't speak to each other on,
0: <laughs> for about an hour. For a whole afternoon. For a whole afternoon, we didn't speak to each other.
1: Meanwhile, we're madly writing emails. Oh, Maureen, I'm right and you're wrong. Or maybe you're, I'm right. Or maybe you're right. Or I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's so
1: true. It's so true. So, you know, everyone says that we should have those fights on the air. I don't know about that, but we only had one.
0: Well, it's, it's early days, Wendy. It could happen.
1: So we've come a long way and I think we're ready to share the results to launch. But first of all, I think we want to take everybody back to our very first episode and our very first conversation, which we thought should be
0: with each other. We were so naive. We had dreams in our hearts. We had we had stars in our eyes. We had no idea.
1: Yeah. So you'll hear how it started. They call them prequels these days. So we're, this is our prequel.
0: And then afterwards, we'll tell you how it's going.
1: Coming right up on women of ill repute.
0: Maureen Holloway and Wendy Mesley are the women of ill repute. I saw the weirdest thing the other day, and it has stuck with me. And um, I want your take on it. Well, there's no answer to what happened, but I, I want I want to hear what you think about this woman. So, I was walking the dogs. It's about a couple of weeks ago. It was cold. It was before you know there wasn't much snow, but it was cold, definitely cold. And there was a woman walking along, an older woman, like you know older than us, so very, very old, <laughs> an old decrepit woman. <laughs> yeah, really, really old. <laughs> was walking along with a, a man that I would assume is her husband, and she had like a toque on and a ski jacket, and he was you know fully dressed for the, and she had no pants on, like none. <laughs> Look, she had. She had panties. I hate that word. <laughs> I hate the word panties. But she had those on, uh, and and she had socks and shoes. What what was he wearing? Was he, he wearing pants? pants? No, he was fully dressed. <laughs> and he thought it was normal, or maybe maybe she thought she was on Zoom. Well, I don't know what they th- and it, it stuck with my in my mind because I kind of admired this, and she you know she had great legs. The legs are the last to go, they say. <laughs> but why was she doing that? And it could have been. I mean, whenever you talk about people being brave, you also the, the the possibility of mental health issues come into play there. and and I wonder if she'd been by herself, we would have assumed that she was had dementia or something. But because she was walking along with a man who appeared to be her husband, and they were laughing and talking, I just assumed that this was her choice. In fact, he supporting the- her choice. Back to the really important thing.
1: Yes. Why do why you hate the word panties? <laughs> what are we supposed to say? Do you, do you like the
0: word panties? I don't know. I haven't heard the word panties for oh, like decades maybe. It's just icky. It's, just icky. it's like, uh, like underwear is no better either, but panties just sounds – I don't even know why. I don't. know well, waisties are are back in. I think waisties.
1: Yeah, you know, like the high ones and the. Oh, yeah.
0: they're still panties. They're just high. Are panties, they? panties.
1: Nobody now. says panties anymore.
0: Well, I want you to stop saying it. I don't want to say <laughs> it because they don't like the word. So, so I want to get back to this woman with the great legs who wasn't wearing any pants. You know, this is like okay, this is kind of what we mean by ill repute. Not so much uh, what, not caring so much what people think about you and getting on with your own truth.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's how I was raised. My mom was very much a person who didn't give a damn what other people thought. And I thought that was really normal. But apparently it's not normal. So I think that's what I would like this podcast to be about. Is not about being able to say whatever the, the heck you want to say uh, and hurt people willy-nilly. But it's about being able to talk about things. And, and I think we should respect people who see the world a little bit sideways. Do you care? Yeah, I care. You know, I'm an only child, so I I thought I was great, but apparently I'm not perfect. So, yeah, I I do care, but I probably don't care as much as other people raised in households where mothers didn't give a damn.
0: So without getting into this in too much detail, and I'm sure, you know, we will somewhere down the road, but what happened to you at the CBC after decades of working your butt off and caring what people think? Because that's part of the job. And you were turfed out unceremoniously. How has that affected how you feel about what other people think of you?
1: It changed things a lot for me. Like it was it was basically one week after George Floyd was murdered. Uh, I was on a phone call with other producers uh, for a show that was about fighting racism. Um, but I used the N-word. I, I was really upset that a woman who was going to be on our panel said she was repeatedly called that. Like, I would never, ever in a million years call anyone that. I would never try to hurt someone. But I, I did just by using the word in, in, in a context that had nothing to do with that person. And I, I apologized, but it got turned into something so much larger. So anyway, that's not what this show is about. I, I hope that my career, that my life stands for something more than that. Because, like, yeah, I think on the show, I think it's important for people to be able to talk about things and learn things and understand each other. And ultimately, I, I think I have more than in me than that one moment. So what about you, Maureen? I mean, you
0: ended up leaving your job too. Well, yeah. Within a year of you losing yours, I was uh, out on my, my lily white ass and panties.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Stop it. The circumstances were quite different. Uh, My my time was not up. My partner disappeared, my on-air partner, without explanation. And instead of trying to rebuild a show, they let go of everybody, including me, and started looking for a new show behind our backs, essentially. And we didn't find out about it until the end of the year. And then, anyway, it was... So I'm angry. But, I mean, uh, there's also the fact that both you and I... (laughs) okay, I'll tell you there was a woman who called the other day from uh cerebral palsy to collect clothes. And, and I, I she said, this is Maureen Holloway. I said, yes. She said, are you the Maureen Holloway? I always feel sorry for anybody <laughs> named Maureen Holloway or Wendy Mesley, who are not us who've been asked, are you them? And they have to say no, but I said, yes. And she said, didn't you used to be on the radio? And I said, well, yeah. <sighs> and she said, well, she said, you had a good run. <laughs> Yeah, so it's over now. So just go off to your little corner and uh be happy and just age gracefully. You had a good run. And and it's only when you put yourself out there like we have professionally that people feel that they have a right. I mean, God bless her. She's right. I had a good run, but they get to decide. You know, well, you know what? You had a good run. You wouldn't say that to a doctor or a lawyer or anybody else. I was you know, once sitting in a restaurant
1: and people at the very next table they must have thought that I was a doll or a, 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 some inanimate object because they started talking about me as if I wasn't there, and I could hear them. They're going on and on about me, and I'm like, "Hello, I'm here. Yeah, no, we're 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 human too." Um, and I'm hoping that with you and some of the people that we're going to talk to, maybe because they're all just lining up, all
0: these famous people. They will be. <laughs> they will be. Some of them may not be famous <laughs> as long as they're interesting and brave. Yeah. Well, I think brave, I think being brave is important. So yeah, it was important.
1: So I'm angry too. Um, but you know, it made me think of a, I interviewed Douglas Copeland once. He's the guy who did the, uh, basically came up with the term Gen X and he's an artist and he's, he's, he's not very funny, but he's very talented. And he said something to describe himself. and, And he said, what are you? And of course at CBC, you're never supposed to say, well, I'm something. You're not supposed to like have a personality or an opinion, let alone a sense of humor. And I broke all the rules and I said, I am an angry optimist. Uh, and I think I think that is what I am. Like I am angry about climate change and wage gaps and trolls on social media, authoritarianism, all, all of these things that we're you and I, Maureen, are gonna solve yeah. on this
0: podcast. By being funny. <laughs> Well, yeah. So uh, anyway, I don't think we'll solve the problems of the world, but, uh, yes. but yeah. This is something you, Samantha B is somebody who has turned her anger and her natural ability to be funny into a, you know, a formidable tool. She's angry and funny and she's actually, uh, in town. Maybe we oh. go Oh, well, you know what? I've always had a crush
1: on comedians. Maybe it explains our friendship. I always I had a show uh on CBC where I was able to interview all kinds of famous people and I would always argue for comedians. They were terrible. They were absolutely yeah. terrible to interview because yeah. you know, you'd say things like, "Okay, be funny now." And <laughs> I, I wouldn't actually say that, but but they just they weren't interested in a conversation or or in questions. But
0: I never gave up because I just uh yeah. Stand-up comics are used to doing their material. It's tightly, they often call, I'm going to do a tight 10, like 10 minutes and so on. They, it's, it's a polished piece of performance for most of them. And you try to get them out of that and have a natural conversation and it's not their comfort zone. I, trust me, I've done shows with comedians, I've worked with comedians. They panic if they're not in their tight 10 or whatever length the show is. So yeah, so I'm hoping
1: that we're going to get not I don't know, not Hillary Clinton or Gloria Steinem. They're kind Is of like shade women, but uh yeah, and with sort of rough edges, but they're not hilarious and we we kind of know too what they're going to say. So I'm I'm hoping that we can get people, even people in their 20s and 30s who are trying to make the world better, Children. you know, to to
0: come on and be funny. Give me <laughs> who's your dream, tell me who your dream your first three dream guests if you could just Uh Share
1: there was this great quote of her once uh of her saying that her mother had said to her Cher, what you need to do is marry a rich man and she said mom i am a rich man so i think she's kind of cool i'm not sure how often she does interviews but i'd love
0: i'd love to talk to her i'm going to throw in i'm going to tell you mine then we'll go back and forth yeah okay who's who's yours i'm not as lofty as share right now but i think i'd love to talk to marie heinen
1: she was, I actually Googled her. Yeah. And I think it's Hannon.
0: All right. Well, we'll, we'll figure that out. Before. Okay. <laughs> uh, she was the lawyer, a very high-powered uh, defense lawyer who defended, amongst other people, Jan Gomeshi, you know, your former colleague, and uh, yeah. she's taken a lot of flack for that. She was doing her job and she did it extremely well. Apparently, she's hilarious as well. You see, these things are not mutually exclusive. I'd like to talk to her.
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk to her. She wrote a book recently, and I haven't read the whole thing. I just read bits of it quoted by other people where she said, you know what? I never get asked to talk about male work-life balance all the time. And I've done it. Maybe you've done it. Talked about female work-life balance because the idea of a a woman working was still a new concept until very recently. Anyway, and then she said, like, why did I do all of those speeches? After listening to her, I'm like, yeah, I'd I'd love to talk to her. I hope she's listening. Maybe she'll come.
0: (laughs) Maybe she will. If we build it, they'll come. All right. Number two. Uh,
1: I would love to talk to Anna Cathian. She's She's the one who does Red Scare. And I can't even remember the name of, uh, her co-host. There are two Russian women who do this podcast and it's so clever. And they piss people off all the time, which I think is necessary. I think is part of being brave. If You've got to piss somebody off. Um, And sometimes you can even be wrong, but she goes for it. And uh, so I'd love to have her on. Um, And I'd love to, this person's very much a cliche, but Jane Fonda. I just, you know, she loves to party. She's not afraid of having done stuff over the years. I just think it would be fun.
0: But yeah, she's not, she's not lining up either at the moment. No, no, no. I think we might have to start a little smaller I would throw I mentioned Samantha B. I would throw Fran Lebowitz in there. I love
1: Fran Lebowitz, but Fran. she doesn't
0: yeah. She's a woman of ill repute. She's funny, she's brave, she's smart, she she does whatever the hell she wants. I think she should come on. And uh I need a third. Well, Maya Angelou's gone. I'd love to have Serena Williams on. Oh my god, I'd love to talk to Serena Williams. Yeah, but you know, it can't just be our wish list of
1: of who are great people that we'd love to talk to. They have to be, like, I would love to talk to Dolly Parton, only she's an angel. Like, she's not a woman yeah, of ill repute. No,
0: she's an angel. No, she has big
1: boobs, but she's, yeah. Uh, yeah. but other than that, she's like, she's perfect. So they, they have to be people who have made you think about things in a different way other than, oh my God, you're just so amazing.
0: <laughs> Why was there this belief, and there still is, that women with big boobs are have a higher sex drive like seriously where did that ever come from
1: i didn't know that i thought they just prompted lust in others
0: think about, it. think about it when you're growing up boys were fascinated by the girls that had already grown breasts and they just assumed oh well you know if you've got breasts and you're sexual and you'll do it well i think
1: at a certain age guys will do anything yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I suppose. all right i've got one more person i'd like to have on who? And then we're going to take a break. The woman with no pants, <laughs> <laughs> but she had panties. She had to stop it. <laughs> we'll be right back. <music> Women of ill repute with Wendy Mesley and Maureen Holloway. We're still working out who the smart one is. Uh, it's me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with and that. And funny. <laughs> you can't have all of it. You can't be the smart one, the funny one, and the pretty one. What does that leave me with? Well, you can know you can be pretty because it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know is is this like is this gonna be some sort of feminist flag waving thing? I don't
1: think so. I mean, obviously we're feminists. I mean, my credentials are similar to yours. I broke ground and was the first woman in the, our parliamentary bureau to uh, cover the prime minister and. I don't know. It was, it was hard to break through being told in the old days that women's voices weren't authoritative enough, but no, I mean, the flag waving, it's so boring. Like who cares? I think we're in the fifth wave now of feminism and I'm sure,
0: I'm sure it'll be the last Maureen. It'll be the last, like nothing will (laughs) ever change. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but it is, it is sort of a dated concept. I think we just need, shouldn't everybody be a feminist? It's not just about women. It's just about I'm a peopleist is what I am, Uh, although it's harder for some than others. Uh, Let's talk a bit about how our lives have been. It's it's pretty bizarre. It's pretty bizarre. Well, we kind of
1: met through not, you know, we didn't meet online. We met through John Moore because he was he's like a longtime friend of yours. And he was on a panel that I did on CBC. And we kind of met and fell in
0: love. (laughs) It was weird. Yeah, we did. Well, our paths have crossed so many times before. So, starting with my first job uh, in uh, in media was I was a traffic reporter at the now defunct CKFM, which is Virgin ninety nine nine for you kids out there. And my predecessor was, and my boss John McFadden could not stop talking about her was Wendy Mesley. Aww. So you went off, and at that point, I think did you go straight to Quebec? At that point, cover the legislature. (sighs)
1: I worked at CKFM, also known as Virgin Radio now, um, which is, of course, why we were hired. Um, and, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so you, I was true. I was actually at Ryerson. So I worked there part time, and I oh my worked. God, at-
0: we went to Ryerson. We also yeah. went to Ryerson. We didn't know each other there, but yes, we both went to Ryerson. We both worked at CKFM. We both did traffic.
1: It was kind of weird, though, because I I went to Ryerson after my mother made me take a. Uh, an IQ test because I told her I wanted to be a journalism after in grade 13, which is something that happened a bazillion years ago. She made me go to a a psychiatrist because I wanted to be a journalist because my dad had been a journalist and my dad was not in the picture until I was 18. Suddenly he came along. Suddenly I want to be a journalist. Offer go to Ryerson and I loved it. It was so great. Only after three years there, you're supposed to get 32 credits. I failed my last course in my last year, and it was advanced reporting.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, we were both Ryerson dropouts because I left Ryerson to take a, take your job to be a traffic reporter at, at uh, CKFM. So that happened. We both had breast cancer within a year of each other. Yeah, I used to see you sitting across the waiting room at Princess Margaret because we both saw Dr. McCready. And think, well, there's Wendy. And, you know, I should have. I don't know why I never went over to talk to you, but I was intimidated. I know. You should have come over.
1: It was it was very, very strange. I mean, you and I know that there's two kinds of cancer. There's the cancer that kills you, and we're still here. And there's the, can- the cancer that just sort of wrecks your life for a while. And uh, it, w- it was very strange because, I don't know, everybody... <sighs> spoke in a way that like it was supposed to change your life and you're supposed to be so grateful. But I didn't need breast cancer to teach me any any lessons. It was just uh well and you you kept going through the the cancer. I did too. I actually read the national news bald uh had a wig and uh fake eyelashes stuck on by a makeup artist with a massive drinking problem. That was fun. But um yeah it was it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here I come with the
0: eyelashes. I'm gonna stick them on your face. Oh my God. I know I lost all the hair on like all the hair, eyelashes, eyebrows. And I remember I was walking downtown. I had a wig. I had a long blonde wig, which I've never had long blonde hair in my life, but what the hell, right You're Why not? And fake eyelashes, which were really hard to put on. And this, this prosthetic, cause I had, a, I had a mastectomy and for some reason, the prosthetic bra was huge. So here I am with long blonde hair and big boobs <laughs> and I'm walking down the street and some, some, I'm getting cat called at. And I'm like thinking, if only you knew, if only you knew,
1: <laughs> but that's all it takes is, you
0: know, you, you buy those bits and you stick
1: them on. Yeah. And then you're, you're a better woman. People want you more. Yeah. Not, but anyway.
0: <laughs> you know, apparently if you have large breasts, you want to, um, <laughs> We lost our jobs within a year of each other. We talked about that. Our mothers died within weeks of each other, and this is since we've been friends. This all happened to us, you know, over just over a year ago.
1: Yeah, that was that was really weird. Although, you know, what I'm thinking is that maybe this is harmful. Like, like all these bad things, whatever bad. I got to be careful. So, never mind. That doesn't go anywhere. Um, Yeah, it it was um, it was pretty weird. You know that. Like, my mom died. I, she raised me on her own. We were so close. She had dementia at the end, which kind of made things harder and, and easier. And then your mom died. It was it was really s- strange. We had so many eerie similarities.
0: Uh, also famous for having short hair. <laughs> Just fu- and it's funny, you know, I remember asking you at dinner years ago. I said, what do you think people will remember you for? And this was before you'd left, see and you know despite ever all the things that you've done the incredibly illustrious accomplishments you said the hair because oh, <laughs> you're always Wendy mesley she's the one with the short. <laughs> Uh, Well, that was only after I had
1: cancer. I was like, I didn't have the courage to cut it all off because, you know, it takes a long time to grow back. And then I was like, hey, this is better. But it's all about the hair because that's all anyone ever comments about. When I used to have, I used to have my barber from perm and uh, I had long hair and people always commented about my barber from hair. And then I got it cut and that's all they talk. I even while I was going through cancer and then I was growing my hair back, I got an email from someone saying, uh, Wendy, it's about the hair. Like you might think that it's attractive, but it's really not. And you should look in the mirror. And I was
0: like, Oh, well, that's, that's funny. I'll, I'll save that. Wow. People are so, I'll tell you, I'll share you a a quick anecdote. I wish I could tell you uh, who she is, but she's been visited with some, um, unfortunate, uh, events herself. But I, uh, uh, I was at a mother's lunch at the kid's school and I was going through treatment or no, I think I'd finished my hair is just growing back. So it was like clearly not a, a choice. It was about a millimeter long and I wasn't wearing a wig at the point. I had big hoop earrings, and lots of makeup, kind of was making that rock. So I went to a mother's lunch and there was a, the one of the mothers was sitting across from me and she she started on this thing about her hair. About she said, "Hair is power. Hair for women is power." And I I could not believe that she was proclaiming this when I was clearly sitting there with no hair. Anyway, terrible things happened to her later.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought it was shoulder pads, and then it was something else, and now it's something else. So uh, I don't know. I think power yeah. is
0: really important, but I but I hope it's not shoulder pads or hair. Unless you're Samson, it's not it's not hair. So. So, yeah, so that's what brought us together. And then here we are hoping to make a go of this uh, this podcast and get some other like-minded people. They don't just have to be women. They can be men. They can be non-gender specific.
1: I'm really hoping that we get some interesting people. Uh, there's so many women that I think it, it would just be nice. You know, the, the the two of us, I think, have sort of refused to have people tell us what the world should be. And there's so many other women and uh men and other humans who are have opinions on how the world should be and and aren't afraid to fight for that. So I think it would be really cool to to talk to them and I'm sure everyone will be lining up immediately and people will be throwing all kinds of money at us too cuz uh, uh uh sponsors would be good. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not asking for too much. Anyway, I just think we should deal with issues that matter with people that matter and have some fun. Sounds good to me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Women of Ill Repute. For more, go to thewomenofillrepute.com. So, hey, Mo, that that's how it started. We really, and I can't stress this enough. Well, I shouldn't say we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, we did. We're not complete neophytes when it comes to this, but we really had no idea what lay ahead.
1: Well, and we used to work with teams. Now we're on our own. And we didn't really know how difficult. Great respect to the chasers. Oh, my God that it would be to get guests, to chase guests, as it's known in the business. Now, You know, it's not so much that they don't want to come on, but getting in touch with them, you know, a friend of a friend. Or instead, if you don't know them personally, you have to go through a PR person or a
0: publicist, or there's this whole wall of agents and managers and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we were also, and I can't stress this enough, we were under the impression that all of our guests would be super nice.
1: And they were. I I mean... In the land of journalism, I thought they were really nice, but, but I guess when you're going after women who, you know, write books with
0: bitch in the title, and when you're chasing women of ill repute. Yeah, there's a reason for the ill repute. And what was the word you used for a couple of them? Prickly. 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 Yeah. No, spiky. Spiky. Oh, that's right. You said spicy. Well, it's the same thing. Do you know what I also found? And uh, hopefully our, our, our listeners will find this out as well, that they lectured us we actually got schooled a couple of times by a couple of them.
1: Yeah, but I like to think that's because people are expecting an interview, interview. And instead, we're trying to have more conversations. So we, we didn't, you know, there weren't like hard landing questions about, you know, who had murdered who. It, it was never really like that. Anyway, some of them actually, some of them canceled us one at the last minute, kind of broke our hearts.
0: I know that I was bummed out for days after that because, you know, I I loved this particular uh, woman and I still do, but apparently she doesn't love us anyway. Yeah. And then we had a
1: fight because we're both control freaks and we both thought we were in charge and we have to, we have to learn to share and we're learning.
0: Okay. I'm going to leave you with this theory I have that every successful venture, be it a show or a party or a wedding or, you know, whatever, has at least one of these three things. An asshole, a scandal, and a romance.
1: I sure hope I'm not the asshole. We didn't have any real
0: assholes, did we? No, we didn't. And it's funny, you can't really call women assholes, even though you know we have them. <laughs> <laughs> we had some scandals though. We did, we did, in real life and with our guests. And well the thing is women of ill repute attract scandal, right? So what
1: about you know, the third one? The where's the romance?
0: We're the romance.
1: Aw.
0: Aw. So here we go. This is our first episode down. Our next will feature, can we say who is coming up next? I think so. It's our podcast. You can say or do anything you want. That's why we're here. Okay, yes. Well, coming up, a talk with legendary comedian, writer, director, the pride and shame of St. John's, Newfoundland, Mary Walsh will be our first official guest.
1: Woohoo. Yeah, we're going to learn all about mill towns and rainbow blowjobs. You know what,
0: Wendy Mesley? You've changed. (laughs) The Women of Ill Repute with Wendy Mesley and Maureen Holloway. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womenofillrepute.com.